Good morning, it's Thursday, November 9th, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories and a lot of other important things going on in our community. Today, a closer look at the sudden explosion that took place right outside the Benson Police Department earlier this week. Now, some Arizona history. Did you know that The Time Tunnel was a 1960s sci-fi TV series centered on time travel and partially taking place in a fictional top-secret government complex in Arizona? The series followed the adventures of two scientists who became lost in time, experiencing historic events like the Titanic sinking and Pearl Harbor. Despite the oversight of their team and the ability to make contact with the present, they remained trapped in history. After a single season and 30 episodes, the series was canceled. Several attempts have been made to reboot the series, most recently in 2002. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson, they're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our feature story. On Tuesday afternoon, right outside the Benson Police Department, there was a sudden explosion that propelled the police into a manhunt. Police Chief Greg Volker, taking the lead on the case, reported that the disturbance erupted shortly after 2 p.m., right by a police station entrance. Investigators were quick to gather physical evidence, and with the aid of surveillance footage, a suspect vehicle was soon in the crosshairs. This led to a coordinated search effort, spearheaded by multiple law enforcement agencies, all zeroing in on finding this vehicle of interest. The pursuit brought them to the Benson Walmart, just a mile and a half from where the explosion occurred. There, in a parking spot designated for police vehicles, the suspect car was found. A preliminary check by the officers raised suspicions that more explosives might be hidden within. As the investigation intensified, specialists in explosive ordnance disposal from the Cochise County Sheriff's Office and the Arizona Department of Public Safety were called to the scene. Meanwhile, a section of the Walmart parking lot was sealed off, creating an unexpected inconvenience for some shoppers who found themselves unable to reach their cars. The tension peaked when, at around 2.45 p.m., a man was arrested without further ado. Remarkably, despite the severity of the situation, there were no injuries reported either at the police station or the Walmart. The suspect, identified as William Stephen Baggers, faces serious charges, including terrorism and handling explosives, and is now held at the Cochise County Jail. Chief Volker didn't miss the chance to express gratitude for the Cochise County Sheriff's Office's help in nabbing the suspect, and for the community members who played a pivotal role in spotting the suspect vehicle. He commended the rapid and meticulous efforts of the officers and analysts in tracking down the suspect so swiftly, actions that may have prevented further harm. The investigation now turns to the motive behind the explosion, with hints suggesting it could have been a retaliatory act. This comes as the man apprehended had recently had a brush with the law on separate charges. Preliminary findings suggested he acted alone in this unsettling act of violence. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Hi, this is Kylie Young with Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista. We know the holidays can be a stressful time for those caring for aging loved ones. It's why we have a free resource page on our website with valuable information and support for caregivers. There are blogs, guides, webinars, and more touching on topics that range from memory loss to fall prevention to mental health and much more. Courtesy of Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, it's available at prestigecanhelp.com. That's prestigecanhelp.com.
Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small town dealer friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today, or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite segment inside the Daily Chirp Podcast. It is time once again for Game of the Week, 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 where I get to sit down with the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton, and talk about all things Cochise County Sports. Bruce, it is going to be an amazing day as this podcast drops on Thursday. There are two massive games that are happening that affect, directly affect, Cochise County football teams. And we've already had three state tournaments this past weekend, too. So, I mean, we got football. We have cross-country running at state. We had volleyball competing at state. And we had bike racing for the state level. And I want to begin today's show by talking about the bike race this past weekend in Fort Huachuca, Jeff. I ended up getting up on a Sunday morning at 6 a.m., not my favorite thing. And I was out. On a Sunday or any day? Well, on a Sunday especially. That's my day to sleep in. But I had to be on post a little after 8 for the bike race. And so I showed up. And, my gosh, the place was full. It was absolutely full. How many teams were represented? There was 390 riders. What? 55 clubs from all over the state of Arizona. You had a flagstaff there all the way down to Sierra Vista. It was fascinating. I ended up being there for just shy of six hours on Sunday. Saw some amazing bicycling. I own a mountain bike, and I used to do some mountain bike riding back in my younger years, and Douglas has what they call D Hill, and they got a they got a paved path up to D Hill. Well, a group of my friends and myself in our earlier years used to get up at six a.m., seven a.m. on a Sunday, and we would climb D Hill the back way, and then we'd come down. So my mountain bike, I was used to maneuvering around the boulders to get up to D Hill, and then coming down, you had to be careful because you had to sit on the back part of the bike because you could flip forward. Oh, I actually flipped. And so I learned, that's when I learned how to come down the hill. So watching these riders maneuver these pits was fascinating. But what was what was more fascinating was watching Buena Mountain Bike Club. They finished second in the state, Jeff. Second in the state. They were third last year, finished second this year. They were seventh the year before. Amazing. But they lost to the three-time state champion from where? Flagstaff, Arizona. So the elevation does not affect Flagstaff. They were loving it down here. Yeah, I had a, I had a chance to talk to families from Flagstaff, from Pine Top, from all over the place. And uh, I ended up walking about five miles that day on the course, just getting all kinds of shots of the race. But I wanted to give a quick kudo because there was 390 bicyclists, 55 clubs, and there was two divisions. And Division One and Division Two. Division Two is for teams that have anywhere from one rider up to twelve riders. And Cochise County actually had two clubs in that division. They had the Tombstone, and they had a team called the Sky Island Mountain Bike Club of Sierra Vista. Each of those clubs had two riders. Buena was in Division One because they had twenty-two riders. They were a much larger group, and Buena held its own to the point where. Like I said before, they finished second behind Flagstaff, but they finished ahead of Brophy, Javier College Prep, Northland Prep, and Prescott High School. There was 13 teams in this race itself. And Buena High School sophomore Barrett D'Amato 
second place overall. Wow. They raced the race the race was five laps, twenty point five miles. And I was Could you a, see the entire track no, where you were? I no, mean, it was hills, mountains, deserts. There was, but the finish, the start, and the finish were where you were. Oh well, we were all over the course because oh, okay. I had access to walk. I was actually walking some of the trails. Oh wow! And uh, but I had to make sure to get back in time for the finish. It was spread throughout the Wachuca Mountains there, but it was just fascinating because they had rivers, they had mountains, they had sand, they had boulders, they had all kinds of terrain. They had to maneuver, and to see how this thing started and see these athletes. They were physically drained when they got done. It took about an hour and 45 minutes to finish the course. But anyway, Barrett was second overall. And then freshman Addison Ramage of the girls, she was a top finisher for the females, also coming in second place. Wow. So Buena had two second-place runners. They had a second-place team finish. So hats off to the Buena Colts. But in the forty in the uh, Division Two race, there was 42 teams. And uh, a team called OS3 Composite out of Nogales was first. They were followed by the White Mountain Club, who was second. Catalina Foothills out of Tucson was third. South Point was fourth. And other teams that competed in this race, just to give you an idea, was Empire, Tanker Verde, Tucson High, Cienega, Miranda Mountain View. They all had teams in the Division Two. So, I mean, these were quality schools that they were competing against. Tombstone High School finished 29th in the race. Uh, they had two riders, Kyle Lozado and Dade Peace, who competed for Tombstone. And then uh, the Sky Island Mountain Bike Club finished 25th, where they had Macy Pruitt and Hannah Gilfin riding for them. But it was really an enjoyable race for me to witness something different before. So this year I had a chance to attend the coaster races for the first time, and then this past weekend attend the mountain bike races. I'm definitely going back. But the only thing I'm doing different, I'm power walking two weeks before. you got to get those legs ready. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Talk about burning calves. Uh, it was fun to see. The race was actually a two-day event. Saturday, November 4th was more of a fun day for the families and the riders to get to know the course, but they did have a state championship competition that day. They had what they call a relay race where they had participating teams had to have four different riders from the varsity, junior varsity, freshman, and one female rider on their team to compete. And again, it was four laps, and Oro Valley CDO won the relay championship with a time of an hour and 13 minutes. They were followed by Flagstaff High School. Basis High School out of Flagstaff was third. And Buena's relay team at D'Amato, Elisha Burkhalter, Kyleen Heinz, and Elliot Mucky finished sixth. So not a bad performance for the Colts. But I can't tell you how impressed I am with John Healy and Jen D'Amato's team. They had these, guys, these riders ready, and they were just excited to not have to travel. But, I mean, you, you go on post, you're going to Ren Arena, and you're coming down the hill to go into Rian Arena, and cars are already backed up trying to get into parking because the the parking at Rian Arena itself was so full that they were diverting traffic to the other parking spot on the side. So I turned to my right, and I start parking, and I'm having to drive, 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 and I end up parking way and hit down. I'm thinking, well, if there's, there's hundreds eight, of athletes. It's I mean, only 15, and already yeah. I'm, at, I'm already towards the end of the parking lot. But, yeah, but to see the response for bicycling, Jeff, it just blew my mind. But speaking of physical activity, well, that was going on the day before we had state cross country in Queen Creek. Did you hear what happened there? I'm going to right now. Buena High School shined again. All right. They were the top Cochise County finishing team of the six schools. So Buena, Douglas, Benson, St. David, Wilcox, and Tombstone all competed. The results were the Division II boys team race. There was 37 full teams competing. Millennium Tigers were first. The Flagstaff High Eagles Second, so good runners, good bicyclists. No kidding. 
Castillo Colts third. The Buena Colts were fourth. Awesome. But Nick Heiser, Buena's Nick Heiser, second overall. Woo! And Gabe Cummins, who won sectionals and was our athlete of the week, he was 17th overall. Nice. So hey, they were one and two in sectionals, and this reversed in this race here. So hats off to the Buena Colts cross-country team. And for the women, they did not qualify as a team. Oh, for the I take it back. In the boys' race, there was 233 runners, I was told. And again, Heiser was second, coming 17th. Senior Benjamin Page, 36th. Damian Vilgente, 43rd. Mario Hernandez, 60th. Ryan Wild, 113th. Evan Strait, 177th. And uh, Heiser and Cummins both medaled for the uh, the Colts. And as we've mentioned before, for the uh, Colt girls, there was 173 runners in their race. Buena took three runners. Uh, Emma Donahue finished four, 34th. Abby Rourke, 69th. And junior Larissa Hernandez was 101st. Hats off to the Colt runners. Now for the Division Four boys teams, there was 23 teams competing. Northland Preparatory Academy was first, followed by Valley Christian to, was second. The Benson Bobcats finished 14th. The Tombstone Yellow Jackets 22nd. And uh, Wilcox and St. David did not have complete teams. Oh, and the Benson Bobcats were eighth. I take it back. Uh, the Benson Bobcats were eighth in the boys' race. So anyway, placing for the Benson boys, 184 runners, Ezekiel Crowley, 57th, junior Cyrus Ramirez, 69th, senior Iowa, Eric Maya, 85th, Jace Maya, his brother, 118th, freshman Solomon Crowley, 122nd, and sophomore Michael Prago was 136th, Colton Maxwell, 173rd. Placing for the Benson girls, 126 runners, Ella Allred, a familiar name we all know, 31st, sophomore Olson Rayleigh, 39th, Willa Prego was 62nd, senior Araya Stanley, 100th, and freshman Ireland Town, 117th. Uh, Corbin Fry was St. David's lone runner. He finished 134th. And for the Tombstone boys, uh, Anthony Pyro was 74th, Landon Pease, 84th, Jason Whipple, 133rd, Valene Morales, 156th, Colton Thursby, 160th, Denary Jackson, 163rd, and Ethan Burkott, 168th. Placing for the uh, Yellow Jacket girls, Coral Lehman came in 34th place. Kiana Yokupiko was 54th, and Ella Walgen was 81st. Uh, for the Cowboys, Wilcox Cowboys, Sawyer Thompson 101st, Jonathan Rodarte 102nd, and Nathan Riggs 141st. And we've been to this course before. It's not an easy course. It's a Cape Creek golf course, but again, peaks and valleys, washes and everything else. Typical cross-country course, but hats off. But we are officially done now with cross country and golf and swimming. And like you said, we're moving on to football. But real fast here, before we talk about football, and we got a lot of things to talk about in football, state volleyball was held this past weekend. Cochise County is officially done now with volleyball after what happened this past weekend. It was not a good weekend for the uh, Cochise County teams. Wilcox lost in three straight on Saturday to Trivium Prep. Benson had a very tough match against Chandler Prep. They came up short three to two. And our St. David Tigers, they got all the way to the state finals and lost. They won two matches on Friday, both by scores of 3-0, 3-0 over Lincoln Prep and Rock Point. They played on Saturday because the state against the number one seed, Cicero Prep of Scottsdale, for the state championship, and they got shut out 3-0. I can only imagine how good that Cicero Prep team must have been to shut out the St. David team because, my goodness, man, to be that strong. So, like I said, it was an exciting weekend, but... 
I'm so stoked about football, man. I mean, we got two big playoff games, like you said, coming up Thursday and Friday. Uh, Thursday, Friday this past week, we had a change in schedule to the last minute where Breen decided to move his game from Thursday to Friday, and it threw a monkey wrench on everybody's plans. And Because the to- initial plan was to do Berean Thursday, Buena Friday, but instead, when they moved that, it means it's going head-to-head, competing in the same town two miles apart as the crow flies. And we actually had to scramble at the Herald to find another reporter to pick up Berean because... You know, we were so one of the staff was going to cover Marine and then go to Buena, or I would have come up. And but instead, again, we had three games going on simultaneously, but we got it covered. We got all the stories in the paper. But Marine was able to pull out a 38 14 win over AZ Compass Prep Segovia, the team you were worried about. The team it was, I, I thought it'd be a lot closer, but obviously, Marine, like you said, familiarity playing them once before, just three weeks before, played off of them. And they're on to the state semifinals, and we'll be talking about that more in just a second. The game that was probably the disappointing game of the weekend was Buena losing to Casa Grande. I was in Douglas that night watching a very special performance I'm going to share with you guys in just a few minutes. But I was getting updates, and Buena's up, Buena's down, it's back and forth. The next thing I know, my phone dies because I didn't realize I used up all my battery. I wondered why you didn't text me back, man. Uh, I, got through the I, first, I got through the first quarter, and then you know, I thought I had a full charge. When I got to the stadium, I saw I had one bar, and I knew it wasn't going to last, and it didn't. And so that's why it's because uh, I did not properly charge my phone before, and by the end of the first quarter, I was done. But thank goodness that somebody else was there monitoring the game, and they were giving me updates. But, Jeff, you were at the game. What did you see from Buena's perspective that night? What happened? They had control of their own destiny and decided to leave it in the hands of someone else. That's what happened at the end of the day. They actually had the chance to put this thing away to make sure that they would secure their spot in the playoffs. And possibly host. And possibly host, but it just got away from them. There were some questionable calls by the officials, but here was the difference. In the first half, Buena scored 28 points. In the second half, they scored three points. That is not all on the officials. That's all on them for not showing up in the second half. Over the course of this season, it has been clearly shown that Buena, who used to be called a second-half team, it's okay, Buena's second-half team, second-half team, not this year. And that game was the absolute blueprint for Buena not being a second-half team. And Casa Grant, did they take advantage of a couple of questionable calls? Yes. But scoring three points in the second half, that is not all on the refs. That had to be so frustrating because I had I had actually Buena win in that game. You know, they were 11 seed going in. Casa Grande was 13. And I really thought that with that win over a 13 seed, it could jump on maybe do a 9, maybe do an 8. But no, they got the 15 seed. They still got in the state, but now they go to Phoenix to play the number 2 seed, Desert Edge. Stats from that night, quarterback Nash Moore, he was 5 of 13 for 131 yards, 2 TDs. Running back Andres Bonilla, 13 carries, 112 yards, 1 TD. Running back Charlie Price, 7 carries, 82 yards, a TD. He also had two receptions for 50 yards and a TD. Michael Lujan, 15 carries, 67 yards. Linebacker Adrian Bonilla had 9 tackles. Latavius Walker, 9 tackles. Elias Dyson, 8 tackles. Brian Brian Harris, correction, 7 tackles and a fumble recovery. And so Buena finishes the year, what, 7-3, and three, Jeff? Correct. And, but uh, as opposed to last year, they finished 7-3, and three, did not make the playoffs. This year, they squeak in. And well, good for them and all the best. It, again, anything's possible now. But my 2A schools got into the state, and they ran into first-round opponents that 
were just a rough night for them as well. But we'll be talking about them in a second here. But Wayne is still alive. Marine's still alive. But the, the fascinating part for me Friday night was I chose to stay in Douglas that night because I wanted to watch the Douglas quarterback, sophomore Ivan Higueta. He went into the game, his, his final high, first season high school varsity football game. He never, never played varsity ball before. This was his first full season as Douglas's quarterback. And he went into the game needing 51 yards for passing to pass the 1,000-yard mark and 34 yards pa- rushing to pass the 1,000-yard mark and rushing. So to tackle both of those to in both one of those night. In one night. And we knew he was going to get it. We just weren't sure when. Well, apparently Sarita had done its homework because they were really keying on him. So first quarter, Ivan was getting his stats. But they just they weren't enough to get him over the 1,000-yard mark. In the second quarter, Ivan breaks free. 33-yard run, and I'm thinking, good, yellow flag on the oh, field. No. <laughs> Jason Hurtado decided to hold for Douglas, and the TD run was nullified, so he was back to being 25 yards shy. But to his credit, though, Ivan came back on probably about the next play or two, and he decided to throw a TD pass to uh, Emiliano Berthley. And so he did pass a 1,000-yard mark on a touchdown pass to Berthley. So in the first half, he had 1,000 yards passing. Great but he was still under 1,000 yards rushing. So we thought, okay, third quarter. So sure enough, Hunter comes out, Ivan left, Ivan right, J.D. here, yada, yada, yada. So finally, Douglas gets the ball at the 39-yard line of Sarita. They take over after a miscue by the Mustangs, and Ivan breaks three for a 33-yard run. He's over the century mark. He gives it to Hurtado three plays later. They go into score, but he did it. He actually did it that night, and so he has 1,031 yards passing, and 1,052 yards rushing. Amazing. So we have eight athletes this year, two of which are dual, Sebastian Lopez and Ivan Higueta, that we had nine last year individuals, but we have six this year, but two that are multiple. So, I mean, this is to me, this is more of a milestone to be able to have a 1,000-yard passer and a 1,000-yard rusher. Ivan is still the fourth or fifth quarterback in the county right now with all his passing stats, but he's the number two behind Lopez. And there's two other guys behind him in rushing right now. And so a very admirable night, but I was really glad I stayed. Douglas wins the game 47-3. to It was all Douglas. They were trying to get the shutout, but the hats off to Sarita. They had a field goal kicker that he booted a 42-yard field goal that cleared the uprights by plenty with no time left on the clock to avoid the shutout. And they got the three points off of that. Got to give love to the kicker. Oh, my goodness, man. That was a, that, that was a shot that even I was like, wow. So Douglas finishes the regular year 5-1 and one in region play. And we knew that going in it was going to be a long shot to get to the state playoffs, and it was. But Gila region champion Amphi did not even make state. Empire, who Douglas beat but lost to Amphi, they didn't make state. So nobody from the Gila region made state at all this year. Wow. So uh, Douglas ends the year 6-4, and four, its first winning season since 2011 when the Bulldogs were 7-3. and three. The highlight for me was seeing this sophomore quarterback that – I can only I hope I'm around in two years to watch him as a senior because he's already anxious to start working next year and get ready for next year and see what he can do. Well let's talk about Douglas too, because Douglas was a team that had some stumbling through the middle part of the season and then they finished strong. Hunter told me that after the Amphi game they had to come to Jesus talk. And that's when he told it, it's in your hands. And the team rallied with four straight wins. Which is amazing. And for a school like that, because, again, they have not had good programs over the years. They've been really struggling. And Hunter's been trying to build this thing up. And 
he's he's losing some kids, but he's got some talent also coming back. J.D. Hurtado's coming back. Ivan's coming back. Kenny Nelson, one of our talented receivers, is coming back. And uh, so he's got some talent coming back next year. It's just a matter of trying to fill in those holes where the seniors that are leaving are going to be. But, I mean, they, I have to give them credit. But using that momentum from the end of this season, hopefully that will carry over to next year. Well, and much like with the mountain biking and with the cross-country success breeds turnout, hopefully they'll get more numbers next year wanting to come out because Douglas no longer is a bad team. Yeah. They're a very respectable team, yeah. a team to be contended with. So we'll see what happens there. So it was a very enjoyable night in Douglas, but unfortunately it wasn't so enjoyable for our Wilcox Cowboys and the Tombstone Yellow Jackets. Uh, they were in the first round of the two-way state playoffs. Wilcox went to Scottsdale Christian and was defeated 49-7. to So the first round upset that we were hoping for did not happen. Tombstone went to Eloy Santa Cruz. They led 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter. That was, that was the last I heard from you. So that was when your phone died, and then I was checking the – the scores online and that was when i saw sadly 14 was all they got 49 to 14 they gave up 49 straight points their their state's done for them tombstone had a very commendable season and nothing to be ashamed of but again dominic's got this program on the upswing dj's coming back malachi is not jacob whitechelt they're losing him unfortunately and um the story we did on him has gotten so many favorable reviews. I'm really pleased and really happy that we were able to do it. Nice kid, good program. I'm anxious to see the two-way football accolades have not come out yet because the season just finished and it's still going on for some of these teams. So I'm anxious to see how Sebastian does, how DJ does, how Cash McCumber and a lot of the other athletes do from the, uh, the Wilcox team. Let's talk about Wilcox. How did they do? They got beat 49-7 to by Scottsdale Christian. That's all I know. Uh, stats and information from that game is very limited. Uh, from what I understand, according to Max Preps, checking the line tracker, I think Wilcox scored late. By that time, it was already 40 to nothing. Hmm. But what a commendable season for them as well, Again, starting out where they did. They had the bumps early on in the season, but were able to completely flip the script and finish really strong. Well, as we mentioned before, Wilcox coach Eric Halmerson was not thrilled having to play this private school out of Scottsdale. You know, he said, we're just a bunch of farm kids from Wilcox going to go to the big city play Scottsdale that they've got. They can all, recruit. Yeah, all these players to choose from. And I'll be curious to see what Scottsdale Christian does here in the second round. It was so strange on Tuesday going to AIA 365 and not finding any football rankings this week. I've been doing it for the last month. That was just a force of habit. Yeah. So yesterday at noon, I clogged on and... No rankings, thinking, oh, yeah, we're done. And, well, we're almost done. We're not quite done. As we mentioned before, Buena High School is going to be making the trek to, to Phoenix on Thursday. The game's on Thursday this week because Friday being the Veterans Day observed, observed. Ho holiday. So they're playing on Thursday in Phoenix against Desert Edge High School for the 5A state playoffs first-round game. Desert Edge is the number two seed. And so I'm not sure what to expect. I'm not sure how this matchup's going to be, but – Hey, Boyne has got their foot in the door, and if they go in and take care of their business and do what they can, and I'm so excited about this next team, the Breen Academy Eagles. They're at home at Keith Hampton Memorial Field Thursday night at 7 p.m. There's no admission charge to the game, folks. You can come out and watch a state playoff game for free. But the winner of this game will head to the state finals November 18th in Mesa. Breen will play the winner of the two-seed versus a three-seed game between Western Side Tech Academy and Skyline Prep Academy, both from the Phoenix area. And these are teams that 
Berean's already played before and beaten. But don't forget, one of those games was 12-8. to Yeah. And so I really see a Berean-Skyline rematch for the state championship. That would be an amazing rematch. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that be awesome? That 12-8 game was so good. Noon next Saturday in Mesa. That game will be played at a somewhat neutral Let's go, site. Bruce. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get through Thursday night first. Actually, right now, high school basketball tryouts are underway. Soccer tryouts are underway. And games will begin later on this month. Due to the workload that I had experienced over the weekend, I did not get to produce an athlete of the week this week. But prior to today's show, Jeff, we interviewed... Next week's athlete of the week. Next week's athlete of the week. We don't want to give it away. No, we don't want to give it away. But this young young athlete, the stats are amazing. And I appreciate you letting us accommodate your studio because it was so windy outside that I wanted to do the interview outside. But trying to hear this person... But some of the things they actually said in their interview were very interesting. And we did get it recorded in the podcast form. So next week, we'll have a teaser, a segment of this athlete and you having a conversation. And it's just a little snippet of what the whole article will be for next week's Athlete you of know, the Week. We've got some amazing kids. And this, and this athlete, I've seen them play this year. And when I showed up and I was watching their performance, I left just totally amazed. I mean, as I've said repeatedly, we have some amazing talent down here. And this young athlete is very deserving of this honor. And so much so, they even received all, all region honors. And uh, so Wait that, till you hear it. You just, uh, it's it's going to be so amazing. I'm, I'm stoked about this person because, again, we've got so many talented athletes out there. But it, just, it was so cool to be able to share part of the interview in your studio and get it recorded for the podcast next week, Jeff. And so... You know, thank you, athletes, for your performance on the field this week. It's, this year has been a se- it's been a season to remember. But I'll tell you, man, it's uh, it's hard to believe that we're done with football almost. Almost, and, almost. Uh, we still Don't got, get carried we still away. Got two more, three more weeks. I think but, I think we'll be making that trip up to Mesa. So. Well, hopefully so. And at the same time, figuring out how we're going to handle the um, the demand of the game that day too, because a noon kickoff in Mesa is not going to be fun. But at the same time, at least we won't have any bad pictures because of pure daylight. That's I won't true, be fighting yeah. the, the, uh, the lights at the field. Of course, you would think of all the photography aspects. Well, one of those things. And so, anyway, all region honors are starting to come out. The 5A volleyball region honors came out. We'll be releasing those here in the next couple of days in the My Hill Review. The 1A volleyball all region honors haven't been announced. And we'll be re- releasing those here as well, too. And uh, I just found out prior to the show today that 2A Volleyball was just announced today. I haven't seen him yet, but Linda Lamb sent me a text saying I'll be happy. So at least we have something already to look forward to for next week. Hopefully, Bueno winning, Marine winning. We'll be able to share the snippet with our athlete. Our show will be a little condensed because we have fewer things to talk about, but there'll still be oh, we'll plenty to share. To about. Yeah. Exactly. So, again, thank you for your performance, and we'll see what happens this next week, Jeff. Can't wait to see it, and you will see it all as you follow the Herald Review Media in print, online at myheraldreview.com, and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. As always, even though some seasons are winding down, there are still some great opportunities to see the young athletes in your neck of the woods. And if you are able to do that, we encourage you to do so, because it means the world to these student-athletes to have their community support. From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldest station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. And now we'll send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. 
Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace stocks Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace first. Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 9. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. Starting tomorrow at 3 p.m., the Side Pony Express Music Festival kicks off in Bisbee. The festival is a three-day showcase of emerging independent musical artists and features more than 100 different acts at a variety of Bisbee venues all in one weekend. Make sure you check out SidePonyExpressMusicFestival.com and their Facebook page for the latest information and schedules. Finally, we'd like to remember the life of Diane Mayer. Diane was born in Washington, D.C. in 1945. She was dedicated to her friends and to making life better for those who were less fortunate. She met her first husband, Raoul, in synagogue and was his sidekick from middle school to their marriage in college. Her second marriage worked for the next 54 years. They had kindred spirits engraved inside their wedding rings. After graduating from BCC High School and getting degrees at Universities of Maryland and George Washington, Diane worked with various social programs in D.C., including Vista Associates and Job Corps. She helped get funding for a professional ambulance service in western North Carolina and directed a three-year hospital research study to improve a patient's individual hospital care. That research led to founding a company to share her new patient system. By the time she sold the business, more than 500 hospitals had adopted her methodology. Diane continued to promote best practices for the VA and volunteered and served on a number of boards. In 2021, Diane was recognized as one of the most influential people in the I-19 corridor by the Green Valley News. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember her life and contribution. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.